Hello. And welcome in to another episode of Farm to Fame. The uh, lower octaves worked a couple weeks ago, so that's what I'm sticking with. I am Kelsey Wingert. That is Peter Moylan with a miniature shoe. That yep. is Maddie Mass with a navy sweater on. And we are coming to you live from the deadline day of the MLB lockout. What a journey. I'm not liking what I'm saying at the moment, brother. Just, just to get it out there immediately. So this is Monday for everyone that's playing at home. It's midday and I'm mm. not liking anything that I've read so far. Derek Jeter has quit. What? Uh, that came out of nowhere. We have Jeff Passan tweeting that MLB is basically undoing everything that's been good about the game. I just don't like uh, positive. This time last week, I was being pretty, pretty positive about the outcome. I don't know if you remembered. You could probably quote me here, Maddie, and say that I feel like we're going to get a deal done. But as of right now, I, like, I don't like our chances. And that sucks for everybody, especially me. This has been, yeah, well, it sucks for uh, broadcasters who get paid by the game and games are about to get canceled too. That's <laughs> true. But, um, but yeah, this has been absolutely insane. And it's, I have gotten a, a good understanding of what's going on because of how long it's, it's drug out. The main thing for me that makes no sense is minimum salary because I, look, I understand that people are always going to argue these players are making $500,000. And obviously that's a lot of money. And a lot of people, I would love to be making $500,000, but you compare it to the other three major sports, which we hear the players talk about all the time that you compare it and, and they're the lowest minimum salary. These guys are playing 162 games and mm. you have the NBA players making more playing half the game. So that since I've been like more aware of like, I don't know, just that. The it's differences? Like, it's like, yeah, they yeah. they play 162 games and they have spring training, which is unpaid. It's just like, there's, mm. the, I don't know. I just, I've, I've never really like dove into the minimum salary because I used to be one of the people like, how are they going to complain about making $550,000 a year? But like you compare it to, you have to go with what they're worth, right? Like mm. me as a broadcaster, I am not worth that but a player who's bringing in millions and millions of dollars in ticket sales and jersey sales for this club like they are worth that salary and you compare it to comps of that of the sports industry and they're playing the most games it's just i don't know i'm passionate about it now yeah i it's so frustrating especially now that because it's it's i figured that they would have at least made some gains this week and you know you you hear certain members of the media saying, oh, it was, the, the mood was different or, you know, like little things like that. So the date is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Farm to Fame has been released. From our contract or just in this week's episode? This week's episode. Okay, good. What's the state of baseball? At what point as a player do you give in at how many games? Because the, the comp that not the, I say the comp so much. Um, what we've heard a lot about what the players are fighting for is for the future players of the sport as well. But the point that's also been made is 
a lot of these guys want to make their money now. Like, yeah, they want to help out the future players to come, but like they're in their window to earn money. So at what point as a player, are you losing too many games, too much money to the point where you just, you stop fighting and you play. So that's the idea of what makes the players association so strong is the fact that it's that bond between past and future and present. And, you know, we wouldn't be where we are right now without the 95 strike as players. Mm -hmm. And it's the mood around the negotiations. I obviously wasn't anywhere near the, but from what I'm reading, the mood around the negotiations are similar to the way it was back then. And they're just so far apart. It's not even about, well, it is, it is because I know of guys that are, I know of one very good friend of mine that's losing a lot of money, lost a lot of money in 2020. And he's going to lose a lot of money this year if, you know, stuff gets taken away again. Um, so there is that argument, but it's the same argument for what the guys went through in 95. There's a lot of guys that lost money in 95 that the, the, the hope is that, um, they can get a deal done. That's good enough that they can make some of that money back or, and that future generations don't have to do this sort of crap again. So if, if you were an active player right now, would you be willing to sit out half the season with the money that you would lose? I'd have to. It's. I'd have to. It's just the way it is. Especially if 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 MLB continues not to budge on certain issues that that the players obviously feel very strongly about, because unfortunately without us there's no MLB, and we get that the, without them there's no MLB too. So mm-hmm. there's got to be give and take. The bottom line is the bottom line is this: the amount of money that teams have been making has been going like that. And the amount of money that players have been making has been going like that. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. as simple as I can make it. And it's not fair. Players deserve a certain percentage of what the profits are because we are the players. We are what make the game the game. If that percentage continues to go down, what do we have to do? We have to fight. We have to realize yeah. that we have to go, you know what? That can't keep happening because if it's doing this now, 10 years down the track, it's going to continue to do that. And then we're going to be in a worse position we are now. So we've got to cut it off at its head and send it back in the other direction. Otherwise, it'll never change. As I said to you yeah. in the last episode, once they make these changes and once they implement these, these differences, they never go back. They, they never give us anything back. It's not like, you know, the, the rules are in and that, that changes the game. Just like just like the CBA. We get, we get to renegotiate again in five years, but it's like, we didn't realize how bad the last two were until we were in the middle of it. And we're like, man, we didn't think about this, you know? So all those things that they've now thought about, they're not going to let go of. It's so crazy. Cause I remember last year or in 2020, when they were doing the COVID negotiations, everybody was just saying, this is just a taste of what's to come when the right. CBA is up in a few years. Because the mood has been bad for a few years because of how badly, not, not the big, we got beaten. It's just, we weren't thinking we weren't thinking the same way five years ago at the last CBA. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. I'm not laying blame at the feet of anybody, but I'm just saying that we walked out of that last CBA, not knowing what the next five years were going to entail. And the tanking thing was huge. We should have nipped that when, when we had a chance and we didn't. Um, so that's the thing that's kind of got us in the situation we're at right now. There's only a handful of competitive teams every single year and it's ruined free agency and it's ruined the chance for the, for, for guys to make money for long periods of time. I mean, have you been reading any of Ken Rosenthal articles in The Athletic? I read the last because one. Because he has been unleashed. Like yeah. the stuff that he's writing about Rob Manfred after after his 
issue with MLB network. Um, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, Kenny. <laughs> so hold on. this is not, this is what we need though. Like it's, it, this is exactly what we don't just need to hear the one narrative. It doesn't seem like Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Passan, these sorts of guys are pulling any punches when it comes to the description of how they feel about how the negotiations have been going. And they seem to be swaying public opinion, which would have normally not been on the player's side right now towards mm -hmm. the players, which yeah. I think is obviously great. Ken Rosenthal's been unleashed. MLB Network is unwatchable right now. Um, and I love, I love MLB Network. And I will, like, I, they have some of the most talented people in, in baseball television at that network. And I respect so many people there. I love Harold Reynolds. That's my guy. He has always been kind to me. But what have they got but to talk about? Last night when I'm watching MLB Network and Harold Reynolds, once again, my guy, I'm, not, I'm trying not to, I don't want to be hating on him, but makes the point that the deadline has to be honored and that the deadline is a deadline. And his reasoning, what I told you guys before the show, was sure so do. fans could book their trip mm. to see their teams. And I'm laying in bed watching this last night, like that. It's it's they're just being spoon-fed stuff to say. I just think he's run out of words to say about the thing, and and I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt also that he's just like ah, uh, you know what? It's just you know, but clearly that's not the biggest issue. <laughs> uh, maybe it is. Maybe we're missing the point. Maybe that that maybe that. I mean, the fans are the fans are also what make the game. Peter, if we're being don't. if we're being honest. Don't, don't try to reason this i literally forbid you from from, from trying to reason that you're right this is what pisses me off the most about these these lockouts is that everybody everybody knows exactly what the problem is and yet the owners are so arrogant that they feel like they can just go ahead and do whatever the hell they want to do and no one's ever going to hold them accountable for it like what happened to teams being individual teams and not all running by the same fucking blueprint? Figure it out yourself. Like the Rays have figured out a way to, to be really good without doing all the bullshit, right? Now, they've also decided that 12 options or 12, sending someone up and down 12 times in a year is justifiable, which is never, ever going to be justifiable to me. They did that to a kid last year. So I'm not saying that everybody has to reinvent the wheel. I'm just saying it's like a blueprint oh, well, we're just going to decimate the team and then we're just going to rebuild. And it's like, we're just going to lose for a few years. That shouldn't ever be in anybody's mindset. You shouldn't ever want to just lose. You do the best with what you can, whether that means spending 70 million, whether that's spend, your budget is your budget. Go and spend what you afford, what can you, what you can afford. It's whatever, like, it's, I don't understand it. I don't, I just don't. And Rob Manfred as commissioner has the ability to stop it and talk sense into these people and I don't think he's he just he's just ready for his bonus in the end of the, the his tenure. That's all he gives a shit about. Like, how bad is this game going to be when he's done? Fucking hell! You okay, Pete? No, I'm not okay. I just don't understand. At least they did a good job of hiding it, kind of before, right? Now all this manipulation and taking advantage of players is out there in the open. Mm -hmm. And yet they just think that it should be accepted. Right. It's okay. People should be okay with the way that people are treated for six years of their baseball, the first six years of their baseball career. 
Johnny Venners and Peter Moylan are prime examples of what's wrong with the current system. We peaked in those first six years and we weren't able to ever foresee a free agent contract. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't swap it for the world. I say it every single time. But Johnny Venners gave some of the best years of his life while he was making league minimum and was, mm-hmm. was basically just, you know, an, an invite trying to stay healthy after that because he was abused. I mean, I'm glad that we get your perspective of it because it helps it helps a lot to, you yeah. know, to get an understanding of it. But especially think of it because as a relief pitcher, you only you know that there's there's a stable of dudes that are ready to take your job. So in those first three years, you have no right. If a manager comes up to you and says, Hey man, how are you feeling? Are you good to go today? Instant fear. If you're feeling anything but perfect, and if you say no, I can't go today, well, oh shit. Well, how many times are you gonna do that? I might get someone that never says no. Yeah. You know, so you don't say no. You never, ever say no. And that's why the O'Flaherty's, the Kim Ventles, Kimbrel, and look, it was for Bobby Cox. It was for Freddie Gonzalez, whoever it was for. At that stage of your career, you don't feel like you can ever say no to anybody. So you're just going to keep going out there. And then if you do happen to get hurt or can't maintain 80 to 85 games a year, which no one can, then they'll find someone else that they can replace you with. And that's what happens. Because there are so many good baseball players, especially now with the development of, of these guys. Like you look at college baseball now, these guys from 99 to 103. Like it's, <laughs> come on. They're, they're one step below from where they need to be a major league reliever. And you just go in there and throw 103 miles an hour 15 times and you can get out. Yeah. I hate what's happening right now. I really wish that we could just be a fly on the wall of these negotiations. I want to know what language is being used. I want to know no. where they're at. I want to know exactly the, the and it should, we should not, I feel like we should know. Like like when they say tensions are high, like I want to know what that means. Like are people- Does that mean like, like Scherz has reached a crop and, and grabbed the lawyer by the throat and he's picking him up and he's going, oi. Or does that mean that they're like tweeting mean things at each other? I know it sucks. We don't have major league baseball right now. And obviously we all want that to come back, but a guy tweeted, there's a dude at Tennessee throwing 99 to 103. There's a freshman at NC state with seven homers in six games. We're about to talk about, and he actually has more homers now easily the most electric baseball environment outside of MLB playoffs. It's about time you start watching college baseball, get into college baseball, like get pay $6.99 for the ESPN plus a month. Like these, there are some, I watched Texas for the first time. I was watching wit one of their pitchers, his curve. I mean, it's just get, watching these guys. It's so much fun. Like get into college baseball while you can, because we have an outlet right now. So we want to get into the four unique storylines from college baseball that happened this past week. And when Ashland was on, we told you guys about some of the best college players for you guys to be looking out for. She ran us through her list of guys that she's been keeping yes, she an did. eye on. And now, if you've been following us on Twitter, we've you've been seeing these tweets. But we have to keep following the saga, saga, saga of Tommy Tanks. Tommy hmm. White at NC State. The dude has been absolutely unbelievable. And we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into what he's done this week, thanks to our friends over at DraftKings. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. The DraftKings read has to do uh with wrestling and covington and masvidal masvidal oh you got a box masvidal step into the octagon this saturday at fc 
272. How do you say that? UFC 272, 272? I don't know. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of UFC, and they have a knockout offer for oh. new customers. Bet just $1 on the main event and get it, Peter, and get $100 in free bets. Get them no matter what. Could be a first round knockout, majority draw, or double knockout resulting in a no contest. No matter the outcome, you will get. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still feel the thrill of UFC 272, 272, I don't know which one it is, with DraftKings free-to-play pools. Everyone can enter a free pool with $10,000 hairs and prizes. We love DraftKings Sportsbook. I have no idea what I just read about wrestling. I know nothing about wrestling. But if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code JOHNBOY, throw down just one dollar on the UFC 272, 272 main event and get $100 in free bets, no matter the outcome. That's code John Boy this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC 21 and up restrictions apply. See show notes for details. UFC main event, 272, Navisgal. <laughs> oh, how about that? Whew. That's an ad read right there. That's going to get us Man. ad read of the month. Tommy White. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tommy White. T-Weezy. True freshman. True freshman at NC State. Can you give me some numbers, please? His first eight college games. Okay, give me some numbers. His average has plummeted over the last week to 588. He is now only 20 for 34. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Nine home runs. Remember, this is in eight games. Are these kids in college even trying? Nine home runs. A what? One double. He just has one double? He has nine home runs and just one double? <laughs> well, when they're all going over the fence, they're not going to hit the wall at all, are you? <laughs> Okay, nine. Sorry, home- for Kelsey's benefit, we'll call it five home runs and six doubles. <laughs> now you're just now we're just confusing people. The dude's hitting 588. He's 20 for 34 on the season and eight college games. He has nine home runs, a double, 29 RBI in eight college games, 18 runs scored, five walks, only two intentional walks, which is shocking. And he's only struck out three times. This is a guy who played IMG Academy that K- Casey played against last year. Alatuna played against them and he hit a home run off of them. Mm. You didn't even mention his, his 2.062 OPS. <laughs> yeah, not one dot. 2.062 OPS. Oh my gosh, and I just saw this note. All nine home runs have been to center or right center field, the deepest part of the, bar- of the park. Yeah. His swing looks like Andrew. I, I was trying to break, see where I could take his swing. And it looks like a combination of Andrew McCutcheon and Michael Young, which would give you some sort so of. So random. I love it. Yeah. But it's the, it's the way if you get the two of them up there and I think maybe more Andrew McCutcheon, because I think it's the way he finishes. Okay. It's a real open finish. Same as Andrew McCutcheon used to, but yeah, that pop to that side of the field, that, that, that doesn't disappear. 
just last last week, I think he was hitting 643, and we were saying there's no way he obviously keeps his pace up. There's obviously no way Tommy White ends the season hitting 588 or whatever he's hitting now. But the fact that he's still maintained it through the second week of the season is mm-hmm. insane. And the dr- dude's a true freshman. Yeah. Dude was just in high school last year. Do you want me to run through his high school numbers? Yeah. Attended IMG Academy in Florida. So what's – is? IMG doesn't sound like a school. It sounds like a, a school for gifted sporting people. Is that yes, what it is? That's exactly what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. Like, don't because I might be saying something that's like illegal, but like, I think they just essentially recruit players to it's like the best, the best level you could play at, like the best coaches, the facilities, they're absolutely insane. But okay. I, these guys are like recruited. To, it's the best players in every sport that go there. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So in 25 senior games, he hit three home runs and had a 1.124 OPS. He also won the high school home run derby in Frisco, Texas in October 2020. Perfect game ranked him 18th overall in the class of 2021. He was the number one high school ranked third baseman nationally and the number two ranked high schooler in Florida behind right-handed pitcher Andrew Painter, who the Phillies selected 13th overall in the 21 draft. Overall... Huge power, obviously, to all fields. Middle of the order potential with an accurate barrel. Plays high level third base despite NC State now playing him at first base. Did you watch any of his his mug, not his mug shot, the picture that they show um, when they're showing like his stats on a graphic, his headshot for the baseball team? He has a chain hanging out of his neck and he has like his neck up with the chain hanging out. And I'm like, dude, dude's a confident confident fella um so all of that stuff that peter just told you led to him being ranked as the 107th prospect for the 2021 mlb draft so we know he highly touted prospect the number two overall player in florida but why did he go undrafted we have a quote from an article saying however white had a plan in place which ultimately played a role in him not being picked in the draft this week was hectic, White said, laughing. <laughs> I had some interest stuff, but I wasn't going to sell myself short. <laughs> I wanted to go to college and try to earn more out of college. My goal has been to go to NC State for the longest time and play three years and hopefully go to Omaha a couple of times. That has been a goal of mine since I was a little kid to play college baseball. I really love that he had a dream of going to NC State from the time he was a kid, and now he's fulfilling that dream. So... I think he's obviously, if he continues to do this, he's done nothing but help himself. And if he happens to get drafted after his, what's his second year, junior year over here? No, he, well, he's a true freshman. He has to play three years? Yeah, so he, would, he wouldn't be able to get drafted until after his junior year. That was one of my questions. Was this the right decision? You have to imagine his draft stock is at an all-time high at this point. How many, what round, what round does that have him going in? And like the fourth round, if he was, if he was ranked as the 107th prospect in the 2021 draft. Okay. So he was a mm. third or fourth rounder. So he's betting on, he wanted to go to college. NC state's a good program, good facilities, wants to go to college, but also thinks that he could probably go higher than third or fourth round. If he was given the chance to showcase it in college. It seems to me that based on the decisions made so far that I don't feel like Tommy White really cares about where he goes in the draft. I think he just wants to go to play. I think he's living in the moment. I think he's talking about NC State and going and winning some championships. And I don't think he really, that's probably why he's having so much success right now is that he's not thinking 
what is this going to do for my draft stock? I think he's just thinking, I want to go play at NC State. And he's Which there is cool. Now. He's there now. He's doing okay. So some might say. I mean, it's just all going to be dependent on if he's able to maintain it. So right. all eyes on Tommy White at this point. I don't think he hit a home run yesterday. I didn't see any tweets about it. So he's already slowing down. He's already dropped all the way to 588. They didn't play yesterday. Oh, <laughs> he didn't play yesterday. That's why he didn't hit a home run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another story. Pete, did you see the tweet from the John Boy Media account, Tywone Malone? First of all, I love Tywone. He is 6'4", 310 pounds. Oh, and he's a <laughs> freshman. <laughs> freshman. He, so he's a four-star defensive tackle and the centerpiece of Ole Miss's 2021 football recruiting class. He only played in one game last year. He recorded three tackles, but he did have a sack. Um, he plays baseball. <laughs> And he crushed a home run. And seeing that man round third, that dude is a unit. It was in the powder blues as well. So it kind of looked a little bit like Bo Jackson running around. He was just an absolute monster. It, was, it makes me thankful that there, there is another sport like football because otherwise I never would have pitched in the Major League Baseball because you look at, you look at him and you're like, if he decided to play baseball as an eight-year-old, I probably don't play baseball. <laughs> Let's be honest, because he's taken my spot in every team that I ever made. What's crazy is he last played his junior year of high school, um, which was cut off with the pandemic in 2020. He didn't play baseball his senior year because of um, a knee injury. He is the backup first baseman and got to come off the bench in two games this weekend <laughs> on Sunday's game. He crushed the home run that we're talking about, 404 feet, opposite two-run shot. He walked it off for Ole Miss against Virginia Commonwealth. And then he later tweeted out that it will be the first of many huns. So Tywone Malone, 6'4", 310, freshman. Look for him on the gridiron and look for him on the baseball field. Did you say gridiron? Mm -hmm. Do do you guys still say that over here? I thought that was something that we called the game in Australia, that you guys are like, gridiron? It's still what it's called? It's what they like the field. It's like the football field. Really? Yeah, I think I had to say it in the DraftKings app recently. Great eye. Yeah. It makes me happy. It makes me feel like I've been saying it right this whole time. There you go. I don't call it gridiron anymore because I thought I was that wrong. So I'm having this 30-minute conversation about the word gridiron. Okay, so back to college baseball. There's a big series coming up this Speaking weekend. Speaking of Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee. Because he's the guy that throws 99 to 103. Oh, yes. Yes. But Texas has the best pitching. Texas had pitched 42 and a third innings without giving up a run until when I can't his first name, but his last name's Whit gave up a solo shot, a home run yesterday. Um, and that was wow. the first that was the first earned run that they had given up in 41. Oh, and two thirds innings. Um, so Texas is number one in the country. Tennessee is number 17 in the country. Tennessee is known for their hitting, their offense. Like I said earlier, they put up, they won game one of their series this weekend, 27 and game two, 29 to nothing. And then run, they had a run roll in place for the third game and they run rolled them in the third game. Tennessee's offense is super clicking. Texas pitching is super clicking. And those two teams meet up this, um, this weekend. Texas has a team ERA of Four earned runs in eight games. <laughs> That's insane. Team ERA of 0. 0.5. Is 
team. 0.5. That's unheard I don't of. even know if that's how you say it. That's how you say it. But Tennessee, like I just said, all of those scores, they outscored Iona 68 to three this weekend. Um, they're averaging 16.7 runs per game. This will be a really fun series to watch. I am so excited that they're playing this weekend. So these are two, so number one and number 17 in the country. So <laughs> let's go back to our rankings discussion. What happens if Tennessee wins two out of three? They're number zero. They're the best team in the country. It is only one game. I don't know why they're playing one-off game, but it's one. Oh, they're playing one game? Is it a tournament? Probably. Uh, that doesn't I make much no, sense. I don't know how college works. I have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about. All right, Pete, why don't you tell us about Cam Collier? Who's Cam Collier, you ask? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of decisions being made, right, and what's right for people and their children, Son of Ford, former Major League Lou Collier. He's an infielder from Austell, Georgia, Mount Paran Christian High School, who was committed to go to Louisville. The 17-year-old was projected to go top three in the 2023 draft, but decided to skip on remaining high school career and reclassify for the 2022 MLB draft. And he's now ranked number 20 in the upcoming draft. Can I stop myself there and ask why would you do that if you're going to go three now you're going to go less than three because he feels like he's going to do enough to lift his stock between now and the time the draft comes around? Yeah, and you, I mean, if everything goes according to I'm sure what his plan is, he's going to prolong his MLB career by a year. You're basically just adding a year. Love that. This means he has been playing junior college at Chipola College after leaving high school. So far, his stats... He had four home runs in his first 10 Juco games. Feels like he can handle that level pretty well. He's now, after 21 games, hitting 379 with three doubles, five home runs, 17 RBIs, three stolen bases, and a 1.128 OPS. He's also made three relief appearances. Now, how do you reclassify, right? How can you reclassify before we get into any further of this? High schoolers elect to take their GED. Is that the high school equivalency test? Yeah, you can take like your G, get your GED and like graduate from high school early and like still get okay. your, it's like a same, a similar thing as getting your diploma in high school. I don't know if it's the same diploma or something different, but yeah, you hear of people like getting their it's GED. just to prove that you did enough to learn what high school was there to teach you? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then you can reclassify for the draft. I don't know. How do you feel about this? It worked for Harper, obviously. I think he has people telling him to do this if... His dad's a former major leaguer. I mean, you know, they probably know exactly what they're doing, but yeah, I mean. That's, yeah, that was the point I wrote on the slide is like, ask uh, any high schooler, hey, do you want to stop going to school and just play baseball? I mean, what are they going to know? So when, so when I read this, right, the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, you know, this probably isn't good for the kid, but in Australia, we have the apprenticeship program. So kids can leave school after year nine and go do an apprenticeship. So is it like trade school here? It's like, I guess like trade school, yeah. But the, the, the amount of people that I know did that, hundreds. Mm-hmm. I know hundreds of people that decided to leave high school early because they they knew at that age that high school was never going to be for them. They're not, they're not going to become a doctor or a lawyer. They're going to be a tradie and they left high school and that's what they decided to do. So if he feels like that he's going to be a baseball player, then go ahead, man. That's what I think. 
Now, if it doesn't work out, you're behind, but you've also got your high school equivalency test. So you'd, where you would have been, you're just a couple of years behind, I guess. And, and we saw this done with Bryce Harper. Correct. Bryce Harper did the same thing. So in 2009, Bryce Harper was a sophomore. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated compared to LeBron James. In October, he earned his GED. So he's eligible for the June of 2010 draft. And for the 2010 college season, he enrolled at the College of Southern Nevada, where his um, his brother was pitching there. Bryce mainly played catcher. Wow. So he would catch his brother. But in 66 games, he had 443 with 31 home runs, 98 RBI, a 1.5 OPS. The 31 home runs broke the school's prior record of 12. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the team lost in the National Junior College World Series after Bryce was for arguing a strike call. He won the Golden Spikes Award for being the best college player in the country. That's the award that our guy Kevin Copps just won last season. Um, but when you go to JUCO, Pete, you can be drafted. Like it's when you go That's to That's what JUCO, I was, right. Yeah. So if you enroll in a four-year university, you have to wait until three years. But if you go to a JUCO, I believe you can be drafted after your first year out of wow. JUCO. So you see a lot of guys go the JUCO, the JUCO route to enable them mm. to be drafted. And Bryce Harper obviously has had a very impressive career and he took the same path. So that's a good example to compare him to. Another example would be Albert Pujols. He graduated a semester early in December of 1998 from his Kansas City area high school. Um, and he ended up going to community college, Maplewoods Community College. They gave him a scholarship for the next semester before the draft. He hit a grand slam, turned an unassisted triple play in the first game of his only college season. Overall, in 56 games, he hit 466 with 18 doubles, five triples, 22 home runs, and 76 RBI in 56 So games. those numbers feel a little different to 379, five home runs. I know it's only 21 games, but I feel like... Harper was out of this world. That's why he was Harper, I guess, right? The point of that is just that we've seen it done. I, I, I've never seen those numbers. I've never seen those numbers before. I didn't realize that he, he was well, that good. And I don't know. So I wonder is, if the College of Southern Nevada, is that considered to be a JUCO? Okay. Because like where I'm like San Jack, San Jack, uh, is a big school in Texas, a big baseball program, and it's a JUCO. And that's like, you'll see a lot of guys in high school, like the top guys at Texas high schools will go to JUCO to San, San Jack so they can just be drafted immediately. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys that graduate high school then go to JUCO so they can leave earlier than three years. Uh, Pujols and Harper are two examples of people that left high school before their supposed graduation date in order to go to a JUCO earlier than after graduation. So he was in JUCO as a 17-year-old. Why couldn't he just get drafted out of high school? Well, it's not leaving early to go play JUCO. It's leaving early to get out. So Harper got his GED in October. He couldn't possibly have been drafted till the following June. So in the meantime, to stay fit, he went and played junior college baseball just because it's not like he had to pool holes is the same way. He opted to graduate in December and rather than sitting around and doing nothing, he went and played Juco for half of a year before getting drafted. You figure that the, the pitching is probably better there than in anywhere else you're going to get in high school. So then hopefully you can get through the minors faster. 
Yep. Develop quicker for that last six months before. Very yeah. interesting. I'm so lost right now. Yeah, it's a confusing situation that I just don't, the value that you get from going to JUCO as opposed to signing at a, at a high school, I don't understand the difference. Um, so I'm just going to close my mouth. I agree for the Pujols example. Probably not much right. different. He just did it for the sake of the Harper is... Where would Harper have been drafted if he just stayed in high school and finished high school? A year later, first overall, rather than right. a year earlier. Got it. So Cam Collier and Bryce Harper, they're the same they're Both situation. getting a chance to get, a, to get into the game earlier, maximize your earning potential. You can be early um, on the one-of-one one tops 1952 Mickey Mantle NFT auction on OpenSea because it's live now. Mm. We've been telling you about this for a few weeks. If you want to own your own piece of sports history, the Auction on C is live now. Like I said, it's a one of its kind, first of its kind, one of one, tops 1952, Mickey Mantle NFT. Uh, you can place your bid at openc.io slash the tops company. And the auction is going to be live for three days, beginning today, ending at 1 p.m. on March 4th. Any bid in the last 10 minutes of the auction will extend the auction by an additional 10 minutes. Um, it's it's a one-on-one NFT. It's a stunning recreation of the classic Topps baseball card complete with video imagery and memorabilia that showcase and celebrate Mickey Mantle's legacy. Um, this incredible one-on-one uh, one NFT features one of the most iconic and prized baseball cards ever produced. You can place your bid on OpenSea.io. The speculation for this auction is that this one-on-one Mickey Mantle NFT could be the highest selling sports NFT of all time go ahead and bid i am so curious to see what this ends up going for mm. and very interested to see when it actually ends if any bid placed in the last 10 minutes of the auction extends it by an additional 10 minutes that's a good rule yes go to openc.io slash the tops company the auction is now live we've been telling you about it for weeks so first of its kind one-on-one tops 1952 mickey mantle nft peter yes aussie lingo siggy Actually, there's two words that mean the same thing. Dari, Siggy. Um, bicycle. Okay. I'm guessing cigarette. You are correct. You are 100% correct, Maddie Mass. Well done, Maddie Mass. If you just said the second word, would never have gotten it. But Siggy, put those pieces together. I was at least close. I forgot what you said. I was so excited by Maddie's guess. Bicycle. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Siggy cigarette. In the world of Kelsey Wingate, you were close. <laughs> you were definitely close. Well, guys, what a journey we've been on the past 83 days of the lockout. I don't know how I'm going to feel when I see you guys next week. Yeah. Oh. Honestly. We have no clue what we're, what we're in for, but we'll have a lot to discuss. Yeah, that's for sure. And if we need to do an emergency pod somewhere during maybe Wednesday, then maybe yeah. we do it. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for mm -hmm. diving into college baseball with us. Yes, uh, a little bit. Let's get this lockout ended. Let's get our game back. We love y'all. Farm on, farm often. We will see you next Wednesday. Let us on the menjay.